Hello, everyone. I'm Dave Prodan, and today we want to share an episode of the new show, Getting Heated with Mick Fanning and Ross Williams. It's a weekly show where Mick and Ross debate some of the hottest topics in surfing. I'm serving as the temporary moderator, and new episodes drop every Friday, everywhere you find podcasts, as well as on worldsurfleague.com. This week, the show dove into the loss of Bells Beach and the Gold Coast to the 2021 CT calendar, talked about who the best surfer in the world not on tour is, debated surfing's greatest rivalries, and discussed who is going to thrive in the upcoming Australian leg. I hope you enjoy it. Be sure to listen, download, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And here we go. Welcome to Getting Heated, the place to debate and discuss all things surf-related. Huge news coming out of the WSL surrounding the Australian leg of the tour. Some old favorites are out, and the guys have big opinions on it. Plus, who's the best surfer in the world currently not on the CT? And Kelly versus Andy. Was it the best rivalry in surfing, or do we have a version of this today? Finally, will the new and unfamiliar Australian events flip the tour upside down? So much to debate. Let's fire up some heat. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Getting Heated, the place for discussion, debate, and disputes on all things surf-related. I'm Dave Prodan, moderating the true stars of the show, Kulangada's Mick Fanning and the North Shore's Ross Williams. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us today. Mick, the tour is returning in a big way in Australia. Are you going to dust off your competition jerseys and re-enter the fray like Captain Freedom? No, they got plenty of dust on. It'll take me a while. <laughs> Dave, morning. You're looking very studious this morning. Yeah, I'm pulling out the big Jesse Ventura Running Man references, so I got to look sharp for those. Well, (laughs) bombshell news coming out of the WSL this week regarding the Australian leg of the tour, and let's get right into it for the opening exchange in Heat 1. Quick summary of the headline news. Following our opening event in Hawaii, the WSL has announced four upcoming events in Australia, which means... No Gold Coast or Bells Beach for 2021. So here's the Heat One question. While we are psyched on the four events that are upcoming, which one hurts more to lose this season? The Gold Coast or Bells Beach? Mick, you've got hardware from both, so why don't you start us off? Oh, yeah, look, this is a tricky one, Dave. Um, Look, I'm going to have to go with Bells. The only reason why is the history of the event. The event's been running for 50, 60 years, there's nothing like going down to Bells Beach at Easter, every Easter. Last year, I was sitting at home during Easter and it was just like, what is going on? This is so weird. Also too, I feel like the Snapper event is a great event to start the year. Um, You know, big lights, big action, high performance. If it's not the first event, then I can feel like it can go anywhere. But uh, Bells is the one for me. I just feel like the aura around Bells with the cliffs, the whole pilgrimage down the coast where it's cold, everyone, those amazing sunrises early morning in the car park, talking to your competitors, talking rubbish and um, getting out there when it's nice and cold. There's nothing like it. Somehow this feels like a paid advertisement from Rip Curl uh, there, Mick. <laughs> but, they own the two um, of these days, Ross. Did you just see the platform? Rip Curl, Rip Curl, Rip too. Curl. It's gnarly. <laughs> to be honest, I really, really love Bells. Bells was one of my favorite events. But if you had to choose between the two, and I'm guessing, trying to put myself in the shoes of, of all the guys on tour right now, 
I'm going to say the Gold Coast is a bigger miss um, just because I feel like that is the main trigger to start the year for all these guys. I know we have pipe uh, already banked, but the Gold Coast is where everyone's going to go, okay, the year started, the water's crystal clear, you have the perfect mix of a point break and a sandbar, you know, beach break vibe, everyone's ripping, it's one of the um, most uh, you know rippable waves on tour and also it's very familiar um, so everyone's gonna have to definitely adjust now whereas bells is cold the water's green it's a little bit more grindy you always have a couple days of uh, you know pretty tough conditions there um, you know and, and I think the cold is the weird part about it I'm gonna throw another spinner in the works with you on the Gold Coast one we've had a couple of tough years here you know, we haven't had behind the rock. The banks at Snapper have been okay. And if I'm looking out the window today, you don't want an event here this year. Uh, <laughs> the bank is so deep. It's more like a swimming hole rather than a, a point break. And I think that's why Bells is, it's consistent. You know, obviously you're gonna have a couple of tough rounds. It happens in every event, but you know what you're going to get you know winky pops right there you've got the bells bowl and april's a great time of the year for bells so um look i i just think going on history and and all the aura around bells i'm gonna go that way but you know i'm, I'm torn in two here i'm you know I <laughs> yeah you are <laughs> you're gonna go ring that bell I'm right behind gonna, your I'm shoulder just, yeah mate I've got my other ones over there as well. No, I'm Look at them. No, I don't know. I mean, the sandbar issue that you're talking about, um, or as Aussies call it, the bank, um, you just get bugs to turn the switch on. They'll get that thing filled up in a couple of days. I hate to boil it down to just the water temp, but I really feel it's big, a big part of it. I think it, it helps all the surfers warm up. It's the perfect venue to you know kickstart the, the whole season. Uh, who's looking sharp? Who's going to win the world title? Um, you know, you got all the beach breaks surrounding Snapper that are perfect warm-up sessions. Where um, conversely, <laughs> I don't know Bell's about the perfect beach breaks around. <laughs> You're always complaining about fifty bar. Yeah, I'm <laughs> glad someone brought up Dan Bob. Shh, Dave, shh. Don't, don't talk about it. The D-bar's bad. D-bar's bad. <laughs> secret spot D -bar. All right, and they can probably bleep that out since it's a secret spot but i do think that's going to be the biggest loss i miss watching the free surfing out there when we return we're debating the topics of who is currently the best surfer in the world not on tour as well as surfing's most heated rivalries we'll be right back in the 805 we live life on a different path Where medals aren't given, they're earned. Where stories aren't written, they're lived. And legends aren't born, they're made. It's not just what you do, it's who you do it with. This is 805 Beer. Welcome back to Getting Heated. I'm Dave Prodan, joined by the legends, Ross Williams and Mick Fanning. Guys, if you had to quickly guess the total number of years you both had on the championship tour, what would the combined number be? Ross? Oh, 20. Mick? It's going to be like anywhere between 27 and 30. Oh, geez, very specific. The answer is actually 28 years in total. 17 for wow. Mick, 11 for Ross. And that makes you both subject matter experts of what the tour is actually like. But what about off tour? And that's the subject for Heat 2. The world's best surfers are on the championship tour and never before has that been so true as it's been in recent years. 
However, free surfing clips hit the internet all the time that raise an eyebrow or two. So for Heat 2, the question is, who is the best surfer in the world not currently on the championship tour? Ross, kick us off. Okay, so you mentioned it, Dave. One of the cool things about social media is we're so in touch with every surfer around the world. Um, and one of the surfers that I really fell in love watching surfing, um, and it's definitely my favorite surfer not on tour right now, is actually uh, lives in Bali. His name is Rio Waida. He's half Japanese, half Indonesian. This kid, if you haven't checked him out, Mick, is unbelievable. Uh, he's super powerful. He's really fast, he's young, he's fit. He surfs, in my opinion, better than half the guys on tour right now. Um, you know, and he's for the most part been in Bali uh, throughout his young career. And if he gets on tour, he is just gonna demolish guys. Yeah, I know who Rio is and uh, yeah, great surfer. Really uh, amazing prospect coming out of uh, Indo. Uh, for me, my favorite surfer off tour that's not on the championship tour is Molly Pickler. Young girl from the central coast of Australia. She has done some surfing that is blowing minds. Unlike the rest of the world, she doesn't put all her best clips up on Instagram. She's done everything in Australia. She's won the under 16 Aussie titles, under 18 Aussie titles. She's gone on and won QS events already. She's world junior ratings leader. She's ready for, for the tour. And now she's sponsored by Rip Curl as well. So I'm sure she's going to get a whole bunch of wildcards through this Aussie leg coming up. I was surfing the other day with her just out at the points at, on the Gold Coast and uh, I was sitting next to Parker and I was like, have you seen this girl? And he's like, who is it? And then she took off, did one huge layback turn into a finner and Parker, like Parker doesn't really commend many kids, but he was just like, wow. She's incredible, just off one wave. So um, yeah, I'm really excited to see what Molly does over the next you know, a couple of months. Um, yeah, you, you mentioned her to me before and I went and checked her out. Um, what is she saving all those clips for? If she's not putting them on Instagram or who knows, mate, who knows? Big movie Mega movie. Or, I, I was, <laughs> but I do have an answer for you in terms of like that women's division and that's um, Betty Lou Sakura Johnson. She's uh, just incredibly strong. She grew up doing gymnastics um, from a young age. She surfs like a, like a dude, like Michelle Perez or something. She charges like 10 to 12 foot Haliva uh, and she's already won a QS at the age of 14. So I think she'll be definitely, uh, you know, wreaking havoc on tour in the next few years here. Interesting choices, interesting choices. There's no Dane Reynolds. So, so this seems wildly problematic to me and I can feel the uh, Coors Light beer cans <laughs> hitting computer screens around the world in a protest. But let's shift gears back to the tour for Heat 3. Rivalries are good for any sport. Fans love it, athletes up their game, and the stories are often memorialized in history books for years to come. So the question for Heat 3 is, does it hurt the tour that we don't currently have a modern version of the Andy versus Kelly rivalry, or do we? Mick, open us up. Look, Dave, I think we do. I, I just don't think it's been ignited to the full extent yet. I think John John versus Gabe, there is a rivalry there and they both speak about how much they want to beat each other. I just don't think we've had a year where they've both been on fire and come together at the end for a world title. And it is in the sense too, where there's good versus evil, so to say. Same as Kelly versus Andy, you know, Kelly was the, the golden child and Andy was the rough and raw guy where Probably the same thing. John's quietly spoken. Where Gabe is, he's ready. He's got some 
grip. He's not scared if he uh, upsets anyone. So, look, I think that is going to ignite in the next year or two, and we're going to see fireworks. And I'm so excited for it. I've been wanting this for the last five years. So I think it's going to just blow the roof off the tour. Mick, you're making my points for me. As a fan, there's nothing I'd, I would like more um, than a really fun, uh, enticing rivalry like there was with Kelly and Andy Irons. Uh, but John and uh, Gabby, there's just, it's not even close. It's not even the same ballpark. Um, talent wise, yes. You know, obviously, John and, and Gabby are really uh, incredible to watch. They're both, you know, world champions. But that's kind of where it stops because, you know, Andy Irons was on tour like a wrecking ball and Kelly was clean cut sort of in his little tight zone. So that uh, chemistry, and that's what it is, right? It's the chemistry was so like oil and water. And, and you know, John and Gabby, there's, they're, they're actually friends. They hang out with each other sometimes on tour. You know, John's never gonna talk crap about anyone on tour. That's just not his style where Kelly does have that edge. Uh, yeah, look, I think we've seen a little bit of it that people probably missed uh, a few years back. Uh, Gabe was in the title race and um, every time that John would paddle out pipe, Gabe would paddle out pipe and he would paddle straight out and sit right next to him and just mess with him. Um, I don't know if it got into John's head or not, but just from the sideline watching in, I was just like, wow, this could, this could really erupt. I just think that when they come together in the title race, they might be friends now. You know, me and Parker were best friends until we were in a title race together. And then it was like, we actually gave each other a lot of distance. We're, we're really nice to each other, but it, there is, there is, it builds walls. So once we get them in a title race together, I'm going to see fireworks. Well, I think you got it right. Where Gabby, I feel like has that edge. Yeah, Gabby is, is willing to, we, we've seen it, right? He's willing to use the entire rule book to win heats. Um, he's willing to use a little bit of gamesmanship, uh, like you mentioned, with maybe free surfing or trying to get into your head psychologically. John is not. John's just going to go out there and try and use every inch of his talent to beat you, and that's his deal. I love John, but he, you know, he's way more on the boring side when it comes to a rivalry. He just doesn't have that chemistry where uh, you would really see fireworks against Gabby. We love John for it, you know, because he lets his surfing do the talking, but. Whereas, you know, Kelly and Andy, Andy was sort of like the Gabby, you know, Andy was more raw and edgy and, and Kelly was, was like this superhero who was not afraid to use gamesmanship as well and use the whole rule book where I just don't see John, you know, John's not like that. Yeah, look, I, I sort of have to disagree with you there again, Ross. You know, we saw Zeke Lau paddle rings around John John at Bells one year and I've never seen John actually angry before. But you saw a, a bit of anger come out and gamesmanship and everyone was like, oh, we can't wait till the next week they're there together. You can see it in his eyes. He'll go out there and he'll want to embarrass that person the very next time. And he, he put on a pretty damn good show next time he surfed against Zeke because he had that anger. You could see it in there. So I think when they, these two come together and butt heads a little bit, we're going to see something out of John we've never really seen before and it's going to even ignite him. When we return, we're going deep into the new Australian events that are about to shake up the 2021 Championship Tour. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Getting Heated. Nick and Ross, are you guys ready to dive into the biggest news of the week? Yeah, let's get started. No time like the present. 
Sounds juicy, Dave. Bring it on. What is it? We opened the show talking about the latest news surrounding the Australian leg of the tour. Four locations have been confirmed, Newcastle, Narrabeen, Margaret River, and Rottnest Island. Newcastle and Narrabeen are returning to the CT after several years away, and Rottnest Island is joining for the first time ever. So the going deep question is, which surfers will likely thrive in the new locations regardless of experience or reps there? Mick, you've got the home field advantage, so take us away. Uh, yeah, look, I had to do some research last night and I don't know a lot about Rottnest Island, so I rang uh, a friend of mine. He was telling me Rottnest Island is pretty similar to Margaret's in the fact that there's a steep right and, uh, you know, a pretty rippable left, but then there's also another left that's really, really, really fun. So, um, you know, and then obviously Narrabeen is a predominant left. So I feel like Gabe, Italo, Goofy Footers are going to have a, a little bit more advantage where in the past where we're going to Snapper and we're going to, to Bells, it might have gone back to the, the natural footers and those deep water surfers that surf really well. I guess also too, with the unpredictability of Narrabeen, we're going to see probably a little bit more above the lip surfing, but I think um, when it comes to, to Rottenness Island, I think we're going to see new exciting people, but also people that are going to adapt really quick. Yeah, that, that's, that's what I think uh, is the call too, Mick. I think the being able to adapt um, is sort of the key to this whole leg in Australia because, um, you know, everyone's been asked to be very nimble, um, being that we're dealing with this pandemic still. Motivation-wise and just, you know, kind of shrugging off all the change, it's going to be easier, I think, for rookies. Uh, I think the, the veterans are going to be a little more edgy about it because they love predictability, right? They know what Bells is like. They, they, they expect that. They train for it. They have boards for it. There, there's that familiar um, atmosphere to it that's going to be all of a sudden pulled. Whereas a lot of the, the Groms that are on tour, they're, they're like used to grinding it out on a QS. And this leg feels a little more grindy to me because we have Newcastle. Now we have uh, Narrabeen, which by the way, I love Narrabeen. You know, we used to go there back, um, back in the day when I was on tour and it's a really fun wave. Mick, I know you've surfed there a bunch and you know, Narrabeen can get incredible. You know, if it's really lined up, it's a quality wave. I will say Italo and Gabby must be licking their chops because it's a you know fun sandbar left, and those guys are going to be popping airs um, with ease, and that's a really easy way to compete and get big scores. But I will say with Rotsness Island, you know uh, guys like John, um, and then and then even I think um, Lakey Peterson who served so well um, in 2019 uh, over at Margie's. What my assessment was, Rotsness Island looks really surfable, super rippable. I think you're going to see high performance surfing. Same with Narrabeen, unless they get really skunked, you know, it's going to be really fun. So uh, I think in general, I think the Groms are going to be excited about you know what's going on here. Yeah, it's, it's it's exciting. I guess these new places. I remember when we were on tour and we had the search event. As soon as that news comes out, oh, we're going to go to this place. I was like, on on the internet trying to find footage of these joints. I was like, ring up Ripco. I need as much footage as I possibly can have to try and figure out what this wave is like. Um, and it's so exciting. The guys must be frothing. But seeing you are a coach, like, does it change everyone's mindset? Is the quivers changing? Is it, 
sending shapers back to the uh, shaping bay and, and trying to figure out what's, what's the best possible thing for these spots. I think, you know, here, here's the cool thing. It's actually easier because more or less with uh, Narrabeen and Newcastle, these are both sort of the same type of wave in terms of power. So you're, you're going to be looking at your standard shortboard and then a step down, you know, if the waves get really small. Um, whereas bells is a little bit tricky. I almost feel like bells, you need three different boards. You know, you need your super, you know, gravel board in case it's flat. You need a, a step up at least in case the waves are eight feet. Um, you need a down the line sort of board that maybe you'd use at J Bay if you want to get really technical for uh, Winky, if they have it done at Winky. So you kind of can get pretty confused going to bells and bring almost three different setups. Whereas the, the beaches, you know, with Nara and Newcastle, yeah, there could be a swell, and so maybe the, the guys will bring and girls will bring some step-ups, but in general, you're just bringing your all-around shorty. Yeah, look, it's a great time for Newcastle, Sydney area, you know, early April. You start getting those um, winter swells starting to come, and you get those light offshores in the morning. So, look, there's potential to be incredible. Obviously, West Oz is, um, you know, it's always a great time of year in West Oz when it's offshore in the morning. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we're going to get some really good waves, and uh, I don't want to jinx it, but... Um, Hopefully some new exciting ways for the tour can really ignite this year and um, get get this tour started. I'm frothing. You, you know what's cool too, Mick, is we had, uh, you know, all this sort of um, pushback from the locals at Lennox. I feel like it's going to be the exact opposite at Narrabeen, you know, and Newcastle too. But, you know, both Newcastle and Narrabeen, they're going to be, you know, their arms wide open. They have epic past world champions and locals and, and legends, you know, at both those, those uh, surf towns. So that's going to be cool to see for those towns to get the light shed back on them and, and have it be embraced. Yeah, the, the history in a place like Narrabeen, um, you know, you go back to Simon Anderson, 81, that's where he tested out the thruster before its big debut at Bells. And the core locals down in Narrabeen are gnarly. Um, the club there is just, they're intense. <laughs> there's no other way about it, but they're intense. There's too much energy. Um, but they're so giving, you know, you've been there for the Coke. We used to go there for the World Juniors and the, the town were just so embracing. And same with Newcastle. Newcastle, the, the people there are, are so giving, um, you know, led by Matt Hoy. If anyone wants to have a beer, just ring up Hoyo. Um, they're both great towns and I think the people are gonna really make those events. 100%. I mean, you're going to have MR hanging around at the event, hopefully, for Newcastle. And you know, as you said, Duma down at um, the Narrabeen. It's just good to see the legends uh, in their hometown. Yeah, MR. I might just come down just to see MR there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are now weeks away from the world's best surfing returning with the four-event leg in Australia. I personally can't wait. And that's all for today's episode. Next week, we'll be joined by one of the hardest-charging surfers in the game, Guys, any hints you want to give the audience as to who it will be? Mick? Uh, yeah, let's just say he's the uh, king of jaws at the moment. Hmm. I think he's the only surfer in the world that's actually done a proper off the lip and gotten barreled with his child on the board with him. <laughs> Those are both good hints. We'll all be back next week. See you guys then. In the 805, we live life on a different path. 
Where medals aren't given, they're earned. Where stories aren't written, they're lived. And legends aren't born, they're made. It's not just what you do, it's who you do it with. This is 805 Beard.